Welcome back to another What's Up podcast. I am the What's Up associate editor, Jocelyn Murphy, and I'm joined today by musician, artist, curator. You, or you've got all kinds of things going on, Steve. Uh, Steve Parker, thank you for joining us. Hey, what's up? <laughs> so we are discussing Steve's project today, Listening Objects, and this is a couple of installations that you may have already seen around downtown Springdale. Um, they'll be up through October 13th, and we're going to dig into that a little bit and find out some more about these funky things that are in downtown Springdale. Sounds good. <laughs> so the project is called Listening Objects, um, and Steve, you applied to the Mid-America Arts Alliance kind of with, I, I guess, like in collaboration with the Walton Arts Center grant. Is that is that all kind of how it, it began? Yeah, the genesis of the project um, lies in kind of this ongoing relationship I've had with the Walton Arts Center and then also the Crystal Bridges Museum and the Maisium. Um, and we've done a number of projects together and this seemed like a, a nice way of continuing that relationship. So you're speaking to us from Austin, but you had this established relationship with some of these arts organizations in Northwest Arkansas. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, I've been coming to Northwest Arkansas um, up until a couple of years ago um, for about 10 years, um, mm. playing with the Artosphere Festival. And then I did a couple of projects with Sarah Segalin at the um, uh, Crystal Bridges Museum, and then have done some um, more like virtual projects with the Amazium with uh, Eric, um, I forget his last name, Schmidt, at um, uh, the Amazium. So, yeah. Yeah. Love coming out. Yes. Uh, so you have been a musician that's been part of the Artosphere Festival Orchestra, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. I'm a trombone player. Great, great. So that's kind of how you, uh, or another way you had some of these connections. And so tell me about the artistic innovations grant that you applied for and you know why you kind of approached this with the Walton Art Center had you always wanted to do a project with this or like this with the Walton Art Center you know tell me about the grant yeah well the grant um, itself is through the Mid-America Arts Alliance it's the artistic innovations grant that you mentioned and um, it's a grant that um, just kind of supports the creation of new work um, and so this project um, sort of centers on the practice of um, what's called deep listening, which was uh, developed by uh, the late composer Pauline Oliveros. And deep listening is a practice um, kind of in a nutshell where a person um, listens without judgment. And in a way, it's a, a form of listening um, that provokes compassion, empathy, and just a sort of deeper appreciation and a, and sort of a method of, of um, also just being present um, and, uh, and, and being perceptive of the world around you. Um, so this project, um, it draws from that sort of um, field of thinking um, to create a series of objects, a series of sculptures that um, can be employed by people to uh, listen in new ways. And often these are sorts of um, performative um, methods of listening. Um, so one, like a couple of the uh, pieces, I should also add that a lot of these, the, the forms of these pieces um, 
are drawing inspiration from um, these tools called acoustic locators. They're also nicknamed uh, war tubas mm. in the uh, in World War II, um, where they were used to listen to the skies um, before radar was invented. So they were surveillance tools, and I've um, they're they're also like really compelling um, objects. Uh, if you see, I can send you some photos of them, but they're like really interesting objects to look at. Um, but I was interested in, in um, looking at those formally and sort of their function in conflict and thinking about how they could be merged with this practice of deep listening, which is uh, a practice of empathy and compassion. Um, so I've sort of reconfigured these uh, devices to be used uh, both in public and indoor spaces to facilitate new ways of listening. Um, so there's some outdoor uh, pieces um, that can be used to listen to the soundscape. Um, and there's also indoor pieces that can be worn and are used to um, listen to clips of ASMR, um, which is sort of a, a, also a form of, of listening that sometimes induces euphoria or um, can help a person feel calm or can help them to sleep in some cases. So mm. that's kind of the project. Yeah, there's a lot going on. So um, originally, um, since you kind of went in on the proposal with the Walton Arts Center, the listening objects were going to be part of the 2020 Artisphere Festival. Um, we all know what happened in 2020. So the festival, I think they were still able to have a couple of pieces of Artisphere here or there, but for the most part, kind of postponed slash canceled. Um, but you continued uh, your work with the sculptures and were able to bring them up to Northwest Arkansas this summer. And so because the Walton Art Center was kind of in a transitional period, uh, I was told that they reached out to some of their local art partners and that's how some of these other spaces uh, or institutions got involved. So you've got some installations at Turnbow Park in Springdale, the grounds of the Shiloh Museum of Ozark History in Springdale, and the indoor one is at Interform, which is uh, one of these new arts organizations that we're really excited about the work that they're doing in Springdale. Yeah, yeah, all great organizations. Yeah, like like so many and almost everyone um, during the pandemic, we've had to rethink um, the ways in which we're working and the way that ways in which we're um, um, providing and serving um, our audiences or the or other people. Um, so luckily, the um, the funders and also um, the organizational partners have been very flexible in um, thinking about that. And um, it's actually turned out to be a, a a stroke of good luck because we ended up working with partners. Um, an organization that I haven't worked with before, and it's been a pleasure to to get to know a lot of those people. Mm, yeah. And so, what got you interested in deep listening? What made you want to build a project around this idea? Well, um, I was exposed to deep listening when I was in college, actually, at Oberlin. Pauline Oliveros taught at Oberlin for uh, a year when I was there, um, and it's something that I've. Um, always uh, been interested in and I, I started, um, I think like probably where I took the deepest dive into it was programming a, a series at the Blanton Museum in Austin where we explored the, the work of Pauline Oliveros 
and um, she actually wrote us a piece that that I premiered with with another one of her collaborators on the program. Um, and I just find it to be like both uh, a useful practice and a timeless practice, but it's also a practice that kind of speaks to the moment that we're um, currently in, both um, in the way that uh, we all could use a little bit more empathy and compassion for one another, um, but then also in the way that um, it's uh, often difficult to uh, feel presence when we're inundated with information and streams of data. Mm. And then finally, it's also like a really great tool for self-care, which is also something that um, I think really speaks to the moment that we're in, um, really trying to listen to ourselves and listen to our bodies um, and um, being, being aware of those things. Mm. It sounds uh, like a form of meditation to me. It is, yeah, yeah, it certainly is. So what came first for you, music or visual arts? That's a good question. They're kind of intertwined. I mean, I'm, mm. I'm trained as a classical musician. I never went to art school. But um, I've been, I mean, kind of drawing was one of my first uh, loves uh, in, in sort of the, the arts in general. But, um, but I did go, to, I went to school for like classical music and jazz and um, it wasn't until later on that I started making things, but um, it's really been nice to, to make things because as a performer, um, there's, I mean, it, of course, something like really beautiful about creating something that is gone after the last minute, after the last note you play. Mm. Um, but then there's also something like really rewarding about making objects that can facilitate those sorts of experiences with other people. Um, when I'm not around to do it. So that's one thing that like really is compelling for me about like making sculptures that facilitate performances with people or, or facilitate different sorts of like listening experiences with people because the impact is, can be much greater than just like me performing. Mm, yeah, I love that. And so these, mm. uh, these pieces were all, uh, meant to be interactive. I know a couple of them, the interactive element has uh, maybe been removed because of COVID precautions. Is that still accurate? Are we able to interact with all of them? What's the situation there? Um, the ones at Interform are still interactive. I'm not sure of the latest um, with the outdoor sculptures, um, but um, I think when it is safe, they will be, like right now, the, the interactive devices are just sort of tied up and not usable, but once it's safe for people to use them, they will be able to use them. Um, we're just trying to be vigilant and also trying to model for the community, like good, uh, being good stewards of public health. Um, so I think like once, once the, um, uh, a number of organizational partners feel it's safe, then it'll be interactive again. Sure, sure. So right now, if I uh, come to downtown Springdale and I see um, one of the installations is called Tubascopes, if I come across that one, but it's not really interactive at the moment, how how am I going to relate to it as the, is it just for viewing right now or is there still that listening element? Well, it can't be used functionally okay. if it's tied up, but um, you it could be appreciated as a sculptural object. It could also be an invitation to listen 
um, without the aid of this device. Um, or it could be also used at a later date when it is um, safe for people to use. Okay, okay. And so you mentioned um, some of the components of tubascopes, and then you touched on ASMR. That, that piece is titled ASMR Etudes, is that right? Yeah. And then the third one is noise and toners? Yeah. And so, um, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no. Uh, the noise and toners, those are devices that um, were invented by um, the Italian futurists um, who were really interested in um, kind of destroying, uh, dist well, in, in the sound world at least, like destroying conventional music and mm. replacing it with devices that more accurately represented um, modern life in the 20th century, which is like more like steam powered or electricity or like machines and mechanized things. Um, and they wanted to do that in order to um, incite revolution. Um, mm. So these are uh, devices that are sort of re uh, reconfiguring that um, to be used more as devices for self-care and for listening. Mm. Wow, and so those a... are also interactive as well. Yeah, and is, different valves. is that the one that's at Interform? Yeah, those are all at Interform. Okay. They're right. little boxes with uh, bells of horns coming out of it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I've seen a couple of pictures of, of some of these uh, pieces, and they, like I said, they look kind of funky. So um, I hope that people will go and check them out. Um, and I'm wondering, as you were building these pieces, as you're literally compiling all of these pieces together, uh, did everything turn out exactly as you envisioned it before you started building? Or, you know, were there pieces along the way that either uh, turned out differently or kind of surprised you in the way that they came together? Well, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I don't... Um... I'm always I'm always trying to be sensitive to what the materials want to do or things that I discover along the way. So each creation creative process is is an experiment, in a sense. Um, so I always try to be sensitive to things that I learn across along the way. Um, so I'm I'm not someone who um, conceives both when I'm writing music or if I'm like making sculptures. I'm not someone who has a perfect fully formed idea and then I just execute it. Mm. Um, I enjoy the process of experimentation and discovery. So that's a big part of it. But I often have like a, a general idea of what I'm doing, but I sure. also try to be sensitive to, to pivoting uh, from that. Um, and that's kind of what makes the creative process fun, I think. Absolutely, yep. So I know you can read more about this project at the Walton Arts Center's website. It's going to be under their Visual Arts tab. So that's waltonartscenter.org, and you can go to the Visual Arts tab. Steve, where can people keep up with you and your work? Is there anything you would like to point people to? Well, I have a website that has um, video and um, pictures and some writing about my work if people want to learn more about things that I'm up to. I also have a permanent public art piece, actually, in Conway, Arkansas. It's, it's a blues cycle. It's uh, 
that people can check out in person as well. Ah. Um, it's a series of interconnected bicycles um, that play uh, blues scale riffs with um, squeeze ball horns and bicycle wheels, which function like music boxes. And this is uh, a piece that is intended to honor the legacy of a couple of um, composers who had close connections to Arkansas, William Grant Still and Florence Price, two black composers who mm. employed the blues language in their music. So that's another way people can check out some of this other work and learn about these um, incredible composers. Absolutely. And so that website is steve-parker.net, correct? Yeah, that's All me. All right, there we go. Well, Steve, thank you again so much for your time and for uh, digging into these pieces a little more with me. As I said, those uh, installations will be on display through October 13th. And hopefully between this discussion and October 13th, things will uh, become a little safer and we can get those interactive pieces back out. But the pieces at Interform are still interactive. So uh, you can find more information about these on Steve's website, on the Art Walton Arts Center's website, and go check them out. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Jocelyn, for um, telling people about this project. It's a pleasure talking with you. Thank you again so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.